Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free. Shopify.com slash podcast free. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox, and welcome to With Friends Like These, a show about what unites us and what divides us. This week's show is definitely about what unites us because it's an interview with Nira Tandon, who I think has been on every other Crooked Media show, and I wanted to talk to her too. Uh, She is a thing that unites the Crooked Media empire, and she is also a consummate DC insider. So I talked to her about something and only an insider can give a view on, which is what things are like in D.C. these days. Um, How are those conversations going? I think they've gotten pretty awkward. And speaking of awkward conversations, a genuinely awkward conversation, I wanted to acknowledge some of the pushback that I got on last week's episode over the phrase coming out as Christian. Several people wrote to point out that the phrase coming out doesn't really belong with the idea of joining the Christian community. There's a very specific history to what it means to come out, and it doesn't match up at all with what it means to join the Christian community. I should have found a better way to phrase that, and I want to acknowledge that for a lot of people, uh, Christianity itself is still an oppressive and fearsome institution. And I hope that those who are listening, who experience Christianity that way, know that's not the way I feel about my faith. That's not the way that I want to practice my faith. And I strive to make this show as welcoming and indeed as safe as possible. Also speaking of last week's show, there's a few podcasts that John mentioned that I wanted to make sure you got information about. We will put this in the show notes for last week and the show notes for this week. But quickly, those podcasts that have to do with racial reconciliation and racial justice are Pass the Mic and Truth's Table, and then also the YouTube show, The Benjamin Dixon Show. Again, I will put information on that in the show notes. And that's about it as far as uh, administrative business goes. Let's get on with the interview. Here's Nira Tandon coming right up. So, haha, hi, I'm back. Uh, I thought I was done with the intro, but I wanted to pop in to offer a trigger warning of sorts, not entirely jokingly. Uh, Nira and I talk about Hillary Clinton some in this interview, and I know from experience that what we have to say about her will be controversial with some portion of the crooked media family and crooked media audience. And I just wanted to acknowledge up front that I know that that is true. And I also know that I owe you guys a Hillary Clinton episode. And I want you to know that we are definitely going to do one where I will offer those of you who feel strongly that I am insufficiently deferential or insufficiently respectful uh, to her and her accomplishments, I will offer you the opportunity to metaphorically at least beat me up um, and offer your opinions. And we're going to have it out as far as the legacy of Hillary Clinton goes. And I just wanted to acknowledge that uh, that happens. And I know that will be controversial with quite a few of you out there because it's happened before. And I wanted to assure you we are working on a Hillary Clinton episode, one where I want to give you Hillary Clinton stands out there a chance to make your argument and a chance to be critical of the point of view that I have on her. We haven't put it together yet. I I suddenly have some free time on my hands. So uh, I think it will probably be coming more quickly than I thought it would. I won't put a date on it just yet. But just know that I have heard you in the past, Hillary Clinton fans, and you will be heard again. And I know you will probably still write. And that is fine because I encourage people to let me know how they feel. And this is about awkward conversations and uncomfortable truths. And you guys have definitely made me feel uncomfortable and awkward in my somewhat casual assessments of Hillary over the past few months. So just know that that is true. 
I may feel about Hillary the way that I feel, but I also hear and respect you. With that, let's get on with the interview. Do you think we're still talking about Hillary too much? Yeah, I mean, really. I mean, honestly, like for me, I mean, I get, there's like there's this, this like insane cycle, right? So Hillary says something and then reporters are like, why haven't you beaten yourself with a chain in public? And then her supporters are like, it's your fault. Right. So, I mean, I'm I maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this. A bunch then of, obviously, you should say it right now. A bunch now. of things are true. Okay. Here's my honest assessment, um, which is, uh, again, I mean, maybe I'm just going to be candid. Like, okay, I do think the Russians, and Hillary faced an unprecedented attack. The Russians, the FBI, those are sort of big forces. And I think, <laughs> um, and I think, and I think Let's see, the American government and the Russian government. Kind yes. of big, kind yes. of big. Those are those having. Are, those are, I mean, but like, look. I will say this. I hear. I hear the critics who say it also shouldn't have been so close when you're running against a lunatic, right? So I think I get like again, like you know, I think I'm a rational actor, and maybe I'm just crazy. But I sort of feel like everyone is right, everyone is wrong. The media was. There were elements, not the whole media. There were elements of the media that were like. Can I say this on the show? They were kind of shitty. Yeah, you and can, the, we encourage it. They like they 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 had false equivalents. They put Hillary on a. They assumed Hillary was going to win. So every, even particularly with WikiLeaks, it was like everything was like, oh, we're going to make sure she's better as president than in a campaign. So they treated every every WikiLeaks thing as like a huge thing, and Trump got away with all kinds of bullshit. Having said, but also you know, it's, the race shouldn't have been so tight. Mistakes were made. Like all of these things can be true. This is such a monumental failure in the political system that it's a lot of people who failed. It's Mistakes not were made like, and she still won the popular vote. I <laughs> yes. mean, I mean, no, and, and, exactly. and, and I say this, say. like, again, as someone who's not particularly a fan, no, I, and get, I, agree I, get, I get fed up with people who are like, it shouldn't have been so close. And I'm like, well, it actually wasn't really that close. No, and if we had, if we had an electoral system, like, but see, I hear this, if we had an electoral system that was like any other Should country, she have gone more to the, to Wisconsin and been so, yeah, But so yeah. this is the issue. First yeah. of all, she couldn't have spent any more time in Pennsylvania. But she, this is the thing, is like, we did, I think we did, she did like everything. Um, You know, she did everything. She didn't do enough in Wisconsin, sure, or, or Michigan. But, it was Pennsylvania. I mean, she still would have lost without Pennsylvania. And she spent tons of time in Pennsylvania. And, you know, so, again, you know, for, I hear you. For the people who, when I say, look, she shouldn't have been so close, I also hear the point, which is that she, for someone who lost, the idea of winning by 3,000, 3 million votes is, like, ridiculous. Like, no country does that. You go to Europe, and they're like, I don't even understand how that works. 3 million people is a lot of people. It's not like it's 50 people. Or 50,000 people, or like 100,000 people, it's 3 million votes, right? And it's just this crazy town that it doesn't matter at all. But and we didn't even have like, there wasn't even like this weird national debate about it afterwards mm -hmm. either. Like that was also strange. No, to the me. weird national debate is that there were 3 million legal, oh, illegal, yeah. quote unquote, illegals voting. That's right. So, you know, I guess to me, I sort of feel like Hillary's not running. If it makes you feel like better to say, oh, she, it's like her fault, say it's her fault, but then like actually do something about saving health care for 23, 22 million people this week. Do something to actually stop Trump. I mean, what kills me about this debate is, you know, it's like it's never ending. It's like we had such a psychologically wounding experience where no one expected Trump to win and then he won that like everybody goes back to like their pre. If you didn't like Hillary and you've liked you were voted for her reluctantly. It's really her fault. And if you did like Hillary, it's like all these other forces. It's like, hey, we have like an existential crisis to America happening every day. So like maybe we could say, look, it's everybody's fault. It's the media's fault. It's Hillary's fault. It's my fault. It's everybody's fault. And then move on to like what we could do. Because yeah. that's like really, I mean, we all sit there and debate like, but if they pass this health care bill this week, they are going to be, like, steps away from passing a bill that will, like, mean 15 million people. We're next like 15 year. or 15, 14. Isn't it 15 next year? It's 15 million people who lose health care next year in the House. It's 14 million people who lose health care. That is 
a level of disruption in people's lives we have n- like no bill in my lifetime has ever done. So, and I'd say, like, hey, maybe we could take just a third of the energy of relitigating the 2016 primary and general election and turn it towards making calls to your members of Congress, particularly if you were in the states of Ohio, Nevada, senators, not members of Congress, Ohio, Nevada, West Virginia, Maine, Alaska. And what am I missing? I'm missing one. Oh, Louisiana, throw that in. Oh, Cory Gardner in Colorado said he was so great for women when he ran, and now— We could spend the next yeah. rest of our time talking about the terrible health care bill if you wanted. I mean, honestly, like, I'm, I, yes, I agree with you. <laughs> like, I mean, I would love to have the luxury of relitigating the 16 election in a way. Like, that would be awesome if all we had to do was I know. talk about— <laughs> what, if we had, like, a, what if we had Trump, like, went on vacation, and then we could talk about it and, and never endlessly, Oh, but you he's know? on vacation all the time, though. That's the thing. It's like— I mean, he is, but, you know, we're not on vacation— because the challenge no. is he could tr- he could tweet at any moment. You yeah. know, I mean, that is what I find so shocking about this guy, which is, like, I go places. I, I did a speech, like, recently in, like, Michigan or some— I can't remember what it was, but it was, like, you know, it was, like, riding up the elevator, and, like, somebody talked to me and asked me what I did, and I said, oh, I work in Washington, and they were, like— you know, had an elaborate theory of why he tweets at certain times. And I was like, man, this guy has super crawled into your headspace. If you're like, have come up with an entire theory of like tweeting in the morning. I mean, it was like, you know, I think he's on medication and it kind of wears off by a certain time. <laughs> Maybe, you know, it's like he, t- he tweeted a lot during the presidential. Like, I don't know. So, I, you know, I just feel like he's exhausting at a certain level. And we're all kind of coping with the trauma in our own way. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, the thing about this health care bill, which I really could, if, if it would, unfortunately, I think most people who are listening are probably already the kinds of people that have called their, their <laughs> Okay, but here, it, let me just say one quick thing, which is you can go to trumpcaretoolkit.org, which even if you're not in a swing state, it has this really great function, which is you can, it can, you can go to your Facebook page and find your friends who are in ooh. these swing states and urge them to call their senators. All right. Okay, so I just did that promo. That I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm for that. I actually, I don't know if I leave this in or not, but like one, the reason I'm here in town actually is to go talk about the opioid epidemic on oh, the hill tomorrow. Good, great. Um, and I cannot epidemic gutted by this fucking bill. believe <laughs> like these people, uh, these senators and these Congress people who say they care, and thirty percent of those seeking help for opioid addiction are on Medicare. Yeah, Medicaid. Medicaid. I always fuck that up. Um, uh, 30%. Yeah. And uh, in the Senate bill, even though it says, you know, it's like to deal with the opioid epidemic, Medicaid spends like 40, 50, 100 billion dollars. They're providing a $2 billion initiative while they get Medicaid, which is insane. I mean, it is like a spit in the face to... Except, of course, like, I mean, I feel like the thing that's going to happen, like, we might get outpaced by events here because I feel like, like, tomorrow they're going to say, like, oh, we're upping that $2 billion uh, allocated to the opioid epidemic to, like, 10 Yeah, and they may, but the point is nothing. But it's fake. That's a it's fake, a fake, fake, it's fake like, number. And there's, it, there's going to be a lot. I mean, I imagine there'll be a lot of lipstick on a pig this week. They'll be like, oh, instead of... Uh, two billion will be ten billion, or we'll come out with some magic formula for Alaska. Okay, but at the end of the, there's nothing that's going to fundamentally alter this because what they're using this revenue is for massive tax cuts for the rich, and that's like, I mean, the level it, they need the money for the tax cuts for the rich, which is crazy. Okay, so maybe you can help me with this because there's like a, con- I feel like it's a conspiracy theory, but maybe it's actually happening, which is that. The GOP is behaving like a party that isn't worried about ever winning another fair election ever again. I mean, it's okay. because because let's lay it, lay it out for people <laughs> who don't realize this is a massively unpopular bill mm-hmm. that will hurt the very people who elected those who are voting for it. And it won't just hurt them in some theoretical way at some distant point in the future. Next year. Yeah. People will start losing their health care coverage and it will be because of this bill. Yeah. So I think so the- why would why so explain to me the political theory that so I think is working you know there. I have an intermediate political theory which okay. is that um, the Republican Party is so utterly um, 
dependent on the funding of the super wealthy that and for those super wealthy I just want to be clear like Adelson is getting like a, the Koch brothers are getting like a massive tax benefit out of this and if you if you think of politics as like I mean you and I probably think about politics as like interesting or helping people or like what you know we all make collective decisions are going to be good or bad but if you were your approach to politics was like I'm trying to decide a return on investment right and I'm the Cook brothers and I'm Sheldon Adelson and I have spent like this point, hundreds of millions of dollars. Which isn't even that much for them, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because they're like the richest billionaires in America. Yeah. But they've spent hundreds of millions of dollars year in and year out. The one thing that makes that investment worthwhile is the Trump presidency. I mean, if you look at both the health care bill and his tax plan, these are people who will net out way ahead if today's policies are best. So I think the question is, but the issue is like they are living in a world where they think they can just fund their elections. I mean, this is what drives me crazy about like the left liberal kind of criticism of the parties. They're not equal on campaign money, right? There are rich liberals who give money to part, to Democrats. It's definitely true. But they're like working against their interests. They're not working in favor of their interests. They're like right now they're fighting a healthcare bill, tooth and nail, the entire party from Bernie Sanders to Joe Manchin is fighting a healthcare bill that will give giant tax cuts for the liberal wealthy people who, I mean, tax increases to the, it'll do giant tax cuts, sorry, yes, to the very liberal wealthy people who fund the party. Right. And like we're trying to fight that. You're listening to With Friends Like These with Anna Marie Cox. Sometimes all you can think about is getting home and finally taking off that bra. Am I right, guys? Um, Anna, I think at this point we should let people know that both John and I are here. Um, and uh, I'm very excited to hear where this bra advertisement goes next. Well, call me crazy, but I don't think that should be the best part of your day. I mean, I do think here with you guys on the line now, I'm thinking about who's taking off whose bra. Sure. Like, okay. You know, I mean, that is a possibility here. And, you know, lingerie is not just for women and it's not just for the people who are wearing it. Lingerie is also for one, whoever else might see it. But anyway. We are going to get through this head without a lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) Stop tugging at your straps and second guessing your size. It's time to put fit first with Third Love. Third Love uses women's real measurements and super smoothing memory foam to create bras that fit better. Is he like, I feel weird here because like I'm actually wearing a Third Love bra right now. And this is not something I would normally share with my coworkers. So, you know, like I might share it with listeners, but I am in fact wearing one and it is great. Um, They offer sizes from double A to G as well as their exclusive half cup sizes because shoes come in half sizes. Why shouldn't bra cups? You answer just a few simple questions online and Third Love will recommend a bra in the right size and style for you. Third Love knows you'll love what they send. So they're offering with friends like these listeners a chance to try one of their perfect 24-7 bras free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping and you're on your way to a perfect fit. You'll really get to live in this bra. Feel free to wash it. Wear it. You might even forget that you're wearing it. On if a, Third Love isn't your... Yes? Can I ask a question? Go ahead. What, sure. What are the, you know what? I was going to ask what the letters mean. Listen, I'm, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a, I'm a gay person. And, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> and also, by the way, I'm a, I'm a gold star gay, which means I... Have what's a gold star game? It means I've had no yeah, contact please. with bras. Let's oh, just put it that way. Okay. okay. All right. <laughs> Wait, what? Just I just never, something. I've never, you know, I've never no contact. I don't, I know bras, tampons, the Hittites, and football are all things I know the same amount about. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sorry, go right. on. Go on. <laughs> oh, it, bras, they're like shoe sizes. I would say. Okay. Um, they distinguish also the difference. Bra cups are the difference between the circumference of the chest underneath the, the boob and then the circumference of uh, when you measure including the boob. So Good to know. Like, therefore, Good to yeah, know. It, I mean, some women don't know that. We all learned so, a little something in this ad, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, and I'm not even done talking about it. I also <laughs> will add here because I do think this is a, a tr- another true thing, which is that I judge whether or not I have gotten dressed for the day by whether or not I put, not, put on a bra. Um, and third love hmm. makes it very easy for me to get dressed. I don't dread getting dressed. Um, I don't spend all day in my pajamas, which is something that I have been known to do in the past. Anyway, if third love isn't your new favorite bra, just return it or exchange it for free. Go to thirdlove.com slash friends to get your perfect third love bra. 
and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash friends for your new favorite bra for free. Thirdlove.com slash friends. The conspiracy theory here, I'll let me lay it out a little more carefully. So the idea yeah, is... Yeah, you know, it's, I'm, that, I'm hoping you're wrong. I mean, if you know, like, we're... See, this is the problem with Trump, right? We're all like... Okay, we're living. I mean, I honestly. We're all trying think to do we're... game theory when really he's just taking a shit on the checkerboard. That's like that's my that's my. <laughs> it's not. Really there's him. no chess it's, at all. The other it's thing like, with him is like everyone's like, oh, he's you know when you're talking about Russia, they're all like he's you know he's he's just a dumbo, and it's like it could never be that he actually colluded. And I'm like, well, if you actually think about all these facts that just seem to happen together, somebody obviously kind of colluded. But we don't. It's like so mind boggling to us that we're like, well, maybe we can't. It can't be real. And it might be, you're right. It's like mind boggling to us that they would be, you know, try, they would, you know, that they would mess with the democracy so much. But who knows what happened? I mean, I'm willing to consider everything. I'm not dismissing anything out of hand because Donald Trump well, is president. The, to, to, again, to sort of lay it out, the idea is, so this is a massively unpopular bill that will hurt the very people that they elected them. Um, it will hurt them soon. In the time frame before midterms. I mean, I think they're theory. It'll, it'll hurt. It'll it'll start to be. Yeah. The pain will be felt pretty in the near future. Yeah. How do you go ahead? How do you go back to your constituents and say, reelect me, even though that I've, I've, I've made your life more miserable, um, in, unless you have some plan or some knowledge that the next election is not going to be fair. Yeah, and so, I don't mean by that, I don't actually mean like Russians hacking. I mean stuff that's happening, like voter um, suppression, like gerrymandering. Like, uh, yeah. You There's know. another intermediate step, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I think one intermediate step would be that they think their base is more interested in blaming other people, no matter what the facts are, than mm. blaming them. So that's definitely a possibility. I mean, if you think that those voters will say, when Trump says, I, you know, the, everybody else says in America, oh, this bill passed in your life and your premiums went up and your, you know, and, and you lost your people sister that you lost know coverage. Di- people that you know died because yes. they couldn't get treatment for their opioid addiction. Yes. Um, but actually what really happened is that was all some weird byproduct of Obamacare. You know, like maybe they'll, I mean, uh, maybe they think they'll believe it. Now, I actually think that they won't. And like there is this weird fatalism, like everywhere I go, it's like Trump supporters still support him. And actually, if you look at the numbers, he it, he has bled support since the election, like since his high water point was actually um, mid mid December. And since then, you know, he used to have like 30 percent strong support. Now it's 20 percent strong support. People don't go from strong support to strong opposition. They kind of have been bleeding over time. That's why he was at 45 percent support. And now he's at like 36 percent. And, you know, he's he's basically like a bunch of people were strong supporters are now weak supporters. A bunch of people were weak supporters are now neutral supporters. So he is bleeding. But, you know, Again, the thing with Trump is, like, nobody expected him to win, so he just wins every time. And I'm, I'm like, no, he's, like, a normal—he's, like, a—no, he's not normal. He is—he is not completely undermined, like, all rules. So, in the healthcare debate, you know, most people have a negative view of the healthcare bill because the facts are really bad. It's not like he has just the magical ability to make everyone think things that are just completely untrue. I mean, a lot of Republicans think this is a bad bill, too, and they think it'll hurt people. And so that's been like an optimistic thing for me. It's like people actually, <laughs> I still think, I mean, it's not, you know, these these guys tried to undermine the CBO for weeks ahead of the first CBO. They're trying to undermine it now. But the fact is that most people are like, yeah, it's going to, 22 million people are going to lose coverage. So it's not irrelevant. And I think tomorrow you'll see in papers across the country that the Senate bill loses coverage for 22 million people. And that's going to be an issue over the next week. I want to get back to whether or not Trump has changed the rules of politics entirely. And also one of the you know themes of this podcast about personal relationships mm-hmm. and politics, which is that I don't live here anymore. Thank God. Oh, yeah. Good for you. Um, <laughs> but I've been talking to friends who are still here and they've said that D.C. has definitely changed. Yeah, that there's it's different than it used to be. I had one friend that said who's a journalist I will remain nameless, um, personally pretty progressive and not too shy about that. Yeah. 
um, and said, you know, I'm not interested in having polite green room conversations with people who are racist anymore. Like, I'm not willing to pretend yeah. that I'm going to be, you know, we're going to be pals, you yeah. know, and go out for drinks. Is that, yeah. do you, are you seeing some of the same? Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely, um, that's the, that is the hardest thing about, it's not the hardest thing. That is not the hardest thing about Trump. It's like, it's like low on the list of Trump. Trump is low. Trump is like the fact that he deports undocumented people is like way more important than and more painful and wants to cut 23. But that that falls into this. And actually, I should be I should be a little more careful about how I phrase what my friend said. It's not that he said they're racist. It's like I'm not going to be go out of my way to have drinks with and be polite in the green room to people who support. Yeah. Racist policies. Yeah. So I see because. Right. Because like why? I mean, this is the thing. It's not because it's not like Trump turned conservatives in D.C. racist. It's it's that. They're willing to turn a blind eye yeah. to terrible things and, like, support them. I mean, that is the thing about Trump, which is cl- he's clarifying across the board. Right. So, you know, uh, for progressives, I'm, I think, like, the issues around health care are just so night and day. But it's true. Like, you go on shows um, and there are people who are defending Trump. Now, I don't find too many Trump defenders who are like— I had a huge amount of faith in before, you know, I mean, it's not like I'm sitting there saying, oh, yeah. Well, well, Jeffrey Lord came out of nowhere. I know, but they basically had to create a whole cadre of new people to defend this guy. So that's been my experience where I, and, uh, you know, I was Haley McInerney or these people. I'm like, okay, like, I don't, there's, I don't know how you do what you do. I mean, I don't know how they do what they do on any level. I mean, I just don't get that. I think actually, you know, one thing I would say is I I I probably see more of and because I'm on MSNBC and things like that, I see more of the never Trumpers or people who are Republicans. All their friends are Republicans. They're like live in a Republican culture, and then they and they've like put the their foot down. And people, you know, I'm not like I'm not like the biggest Bill Crystal fan, but like I have some level of. Respect for people who are like, okay, you know, I'm not going to support a we're, terrible. We're big person. Rick Wilson fans on the show. Yeah, we a, let, like Rick yeah. Wilson, who's great. I mean, there are a bunch of people who, oh, some of whom were with McCain. Um, a bunch of McCain people have been never. Yeah, tra- even though McCain himself is like <sighs> not super reliable on that, but so <laughs> depressing. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, Jennifer actually, Rubin and David Frum. I mean, I I've said to them, and I'm like honest about this. Like I say, like I'm I'm. I hope if something ever happened, I mean, I don't think anything like this would happen in the Democratic Party, but I would, I would stand with being like right and doing the right thing. And there, and you know, they're, they have lost friends about this and, and they're doing the right thing. And, you know, some of them are the biggest evangelists on some of these issues. I mean, you know, like a lot of these folks are speaking out against the healthcare bill, not just like national security issues, but they're like, this bill is a monstrous bill. You shouldn't pass it. And so, you know, I have some respect for that. It is weird. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I don't think Trump, I, I, I'll I, be honest about this. Like, there's a whole debate about, you know, good people working in the Trump administration and you want to get them. And like, Dina Powell, it's good she's there. Or, you know, I'm kind of happy. The adults Mad- in the room. Yeah, the, the adults McMaster in the room. Gary and, and I'm like, you know, Mattis, I'm I like I'm glad Mattis is there because like I actually think he might stop a nuclear holocaust and just like not put the warships where they want them to put them or something. But like everybody else, I'm like, you're just basically I mean, it's a it's a loaded term, but it is like you were called. I mean, right now, people in the White House are working day and night to rip health care from 22 million people. I, I, Dina Powell's doing that as well as Gary Cohn. Like, just because they've been at New York cocktail parties does not take away from what they are trying to do right now. And I don't think, like, we should, you know, it's not a game. Politics isn't a game. Like, real people are affected by politics. And public, what happens in this bill is going to affect real people. And I think, you know, you can't excuse that. You can't say, like, oh, yeah, you know what? You're going to work on a program to make... Um, you know, some State Department program better or the hard thing is, oh, it would have been so much worse if they weren't there. Like, screw that. You don't, I mean, how does it get worse? <laughs> like, you know, don't be part of it. And it's like I've had I had someone recently. I was critical about Dina Powell somewhere and someone called me who knows her. You know, I don't really know her at all and said, you know, 
do you want it? Do you need to be like, you know, why focus on her? And I was like, well, I wasn't really focused on her, but like, I, I, this, you know, they have a budget that's going to devastate poor people. They have a healthcare bill that is going to rip healthcare from 22 million people. Like, it is a war on the most vulnerable. Like, you don't get to participate in that and not get bloodied. Like, it's ridiculous. You own that. Everyone in this White House owns that. Everyone in this administration owns that. You know, not to take, you know, not to have responsibility for that is just all of us excusing you because you have some relationships with people. And I think that's ridiculous. You're listening to With Friends Like These with Anna Marie Cox. Do you guys live in houses or apartments? Houses. Houses, yeah. Houses? You all live in houses, so this is actually something that you would use. Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Today, over a million people use the amazing Ring video doorbell to help protect their homes. And now that I think about it, there's no reason why I couldn't use it, too. But Ring knows home security begins at the front door, but it doesn't end there. So now they're extending that same level of security to the rest of your home with the Ring floodlight cam. Just like Ring's amazing doorbell, Floodlight Cam is a motion-activated camera and floodlight that connects right to your phone with HD video and two-way audio that lets you know the moment anyone steps on your property. Let me tell you. speak to visitors? Yes. I think this is... Do I have a comment? Yeah, look, I think this is great for security purposes, but I would love this. I know what's coming next. Uh, Look, (laughs) sometimes... To know if Lovett's on the way? Sometimes Lovett's at the front door, (laughs) and... I'll be honest. Emily and I know that it must be him, and we love love it. He's the greatest neighbor we could ask for. But sometimes we think maybe not now. Maybe not right at this moment. Maybe not now. <laughs> <laughs> but what if it was someone dropping off a package? Maybe I get ring, ring. would help us. Maybe I get ring and just hope that my friends stop by. <laughs> Anyway. Love it uses ring to turn the floodlights on strangers to be like, hey, can you come over? Hey, wait, wait, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Why are you walking by? <laughs> hey, you. Come on. You look nice. Because um, you can see and speak to visitors, actually, and even set up an alarm right from your phone. Um, I wonder if you could personalize the alarm to be like, not you love it. Like that might be like really useful. Anyway, with Ring's floodlight cam, when things go bump in the night, you'll immediately know what it is. Whether you're home or away, the Ring floodlight cam lets you keep an eye on your home from anywhere. And the Ring floodlight offers the ultimate in in in-home security with high visibility floodlights and a powerful HD camera that puts security in your hands. With Ring, you're always home. I imagine this would also be useful if you have doggies. Like, the bump in the night thing uh, is the most ominous part of the advertisement, I yeah. believe. <laughs> when things go bump in the night, what are we doing? <laughs> Frightening. Good. <laughs> well, <laughs> good. <laughs> and that's the thing about living in a condo. A lot of things go bump in the night here. Um, and it's usually our neighbors. Um, but save up to $150 off a Ring security kit when you go to ring.com slash friends. Ring.com slash friends. That is ring.com slash friends for the ultimate in in-home security. Is that a bump in the night or are upstairs neighbors just happy to see each other? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> With Ring, you can tell. How long have you been professionally involved in politics? 20 years. So this is the most activism, political activism I've seen in my life. I say this all the time. Like, uh, I think Donald Trump has obviously had a, you know, will do catastrophic damage to the institutions of this country and our international reputation. But like the one thing that's really important and and an hugely important lesson is, you know, he is activating hopefully a whole new generations of people to engage in politics and see how much politics matters. I mean, um, we did this analysis of what happened in Hungary when a right wing populist took over. Uh, and, you know, the the opposition was got really depressed and like basically went to sleep and that in Orban uh, became more and more popular. And that country has fundamentally altered its democratic institutions in the aftermath. They've changed voting and a whole series of things. And, you know, I was sort of deeply uh, anxious about this. But what's been great is that, you know, people are engaging in democracy in a way that I've never seen before. I think the big issue for all of us is try to see how you can pull as much of that into the political process. So go to your town halls about health care or call your senators right now so that they see that there is an opposition. I mean, I think to the earlier conversation, there have always been right-wing billionaires basically funding right-wing politics, I mean, more in the last decade because of Citizens United. But this 
my view is that this country has been engaged in a fight about who the government works for since like the 1960s, 1950s. 1930s. Yeah. And no, it's a new deal. New deal. Definitely. Like the, the talking points that we see now are like from the new deal. Are, yeah. But I mean, you know, really, uh, you know, particularly when Goldwater lost a lot of those in a lot of the Goldwater campaign people went into trying to change the conversation in the country. They right. created right wing think tanks and um, a whole series of right wing institutions to take over. And essentially, like every debate in politics is really about helping or hurting people. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to expand opportunity or contract it? Are you going to do something for people or not? And what's crazy about Donald Trump and the debate we're having on health care now is not a relitigation of Obamacare, although that's that it is part of a relitigation of Obamacare, but it's like relitigating Medicaid and a program that was started in the, you know, in the 1960s under the Great Society and has done immeasurable good. And is immensely popular with the people who, who use participate it. Yeah, in it. who use it. And yeah. so. And who gets more bang for its buck, I think. Than it's, any other program. Yeah. I mean, and, and has been super effective in the Medicaid expansion states under Obamacare and the Affordable Care Act. And so. This is a really long way of saying that I'm hopeful um, that what Trump will do, and, and I see the evidence every day, you see people more engaged politically than ever. And the one thing that can counter the millions and billions of dollars that can be spent by the billionaires is like people going out and voting. And, you know, we always are like, oh, they always win. But they didn't win in 2008. They didn't win in 2012. They didn't win in 2006 in a midterm election then. We need to, you know, we can mobilize against them. We're going to have to do things we've never done before. You have to get people to register really early. They have to make sure they are not suppressed. They need to check in. You know, people are going to have to do things they hadn't done before because we're encountering so much voter suppression. But um, you know, you're going to have to get an ID early. It's a ridiculous thing that should be banned in 2017, but it has to. That's the kind of thing we're going to have to do. But you know, we've say, faced the country has faced similar struggles in the past, and basic politics have overcome them. My concern is, and this is where I, I'm hoping that your 20 years can give some experience, strength, <laughs> and hope. Uh, people just being activated now. Mm-hmm. Um, the law, it's only been two, 200 days, less than 200 days. Just I, know, but I know, and it feels like seven years, right? I mean, right. that's the thing. Like, something happens so, last week, and you're like, oh, it happened two months ago. Because, like, in this universe, yeah. time is sped up. So as someone who's been an also, like, I was an activist all through high school, college, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of been, you know, kind of making my way in progressive politics, either writing about it or in it since then. I kind of know what the long haul is about. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been blessed to see progress. Yeah. You know. Things do change. Things changing. People who are just now being activated, who are starting from a position where gay marriage is law of the land, mm-hmm. um, where uh, Black Lives Matter has a voice, who are starting, like, like, I worry about the ability to continue. Like, because it's, we're starting from a position of actually having had a lot of progress you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 I hear that. And I am concerned um, for them. I don't want to say that sounds condescending. I am. It's No, I mean, it's a worry you have about the country. I hear yeah. that. I think, so I guess, you know, uh, my instinct, and, and we're trying to operationalize this at CAP, or really a CAP action, which is, my instinct is that if you take political action, and, um, you know, now you're more likely to vote in the future. If you care about politics now, you're more likely to vote in the future. The, si- the challenge for progressivism is not disappointment too often, although I, I hear what you're saying. I think the challenge is apathy, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like we're, I, I do think we, we say, I say this all the time, we're not going to win every battle here. You know, obviously they, um, they're using tools to just use their bare majority to like put jam through a bill that affects one sixth of the economy. So, you know, they're kind of brazen. Um, but, but I think the, the reality is like what I'm hoping, um, you know, overtakes or, or is more important to people who just get tired from the assaults on our day, on our values that happen like daily. And like, you know, again, and the assaults on people, literally like the assaults on people and this, you know, what's happening to people. Who are being deported. I mean, this is like a tragedy that gets not enough attention because they're just doing it like 
city by city, et cetera. But what I hope is people, I mean, the most important lesson that I think I hope people take away from this is how much politics matters, not how little it matters. I mean, I do think that in the Obama years, there was like a safety cocoon of like, oh, there's a rational adult there. And, you know, progressive things were happening, even if they That's weren't happening That's what I sort of mean about, about having, yeah. like, we've seen all this progressive stuff. So I think there's some some people who are like, well, you know, we've got a lot. Yeah, but I sort of <laughs> feel like at the end of the day, I mean, and maybe I know I could be wrong because it wasn't like it obviously wasn't enough for the election. But I feel like. There's a whole cadre of people who are now like, I see what it means. And, you know, I mean, even in these swing elections, which people are disappointed about Georgia 6, but like the best news out of these things is that people are voting at really high levels. I mean, and Democratic participation has been higher than Republican participation, like you are, which is very unusual in a off-year election cycle. So, um you know, so I'm hoping that that will build. But, you know, look, Trump is a person who engages in psychological warfare, and he is going to try and depress Democratic turnout in every way he can over the next year and a half. He's going to try and sow divisions between progressives and all that all that work. It is like his—he is very skilled at that. But I think the—you know, he's not at, like, 55 percent support. He's at 35 to 40 percent support. Most people in the country are like— you know, they are not supporting what he's doing. And what kills me about the media is like, oh, we, why don't we have like lots of roundtables with people who are just pissed off at what he's doing instead of just the Trump supporters who still favor him? Yeah, I I mean, I've, I'm interested in them in, in an anthropological way, but um, they aren't yeah. the majority of the country. And that does... Yeah, that's, that's comforting. I mean, it's comforting. Like, I guess, I mean, I really think I should have, I like, feel like, but I feel like I, is this, like, my, my issue is, like, this weird thing, like, where I feel like, yes, we should be comforted. He's not, he's not popular, but also we should but, panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me say, I always think, you know, I've, I've never, I, I've never even tried to set the bar to stop democratic panic. That's, like, not my goal. I definitely think we should all be, uh, intensely emotional about what Trump is doing every day. I mean, look, I find it, I'll just say, I, there are days I find it exhausting. It's like there's he overwhelms, right? Because he does so many crazy things and you're like, it would be easy to just like go on vacation. But, you know, the, at the end of the day, the one thing that is going to stop him is the crowds of people. Like he has a respect for crowds. He has a respect for like people. It's why he cares so much about the inauguration and why he bragged about his crowds. Three million votes. And had to lie about the three million votes. It's like he knows at the end of the day the majority is not with him. And he has to manufacture a reason for that, for his base. But, you know, we can't can't be psyched out by him. That's what kills me. It's like we need to say proudly, like the majority of the country does not agree. And we are stopping this because we are speaking for the majority in our opposition to these terrible policies. You're listening to With Friends Like These with Anna Marie Cox. Framebridge. Do you guys frame stuff? Love Framebridge. Yeah. I've used it before, too. Oh, wow. I actually, I still have to get my Ob- signed Obama picture framed, which I Uh-oh. perhaps will use Framebridge. Perfect. Um, Cody gave it Cody gave it to us for a wedding present. I mean, yeah, I nice. assume it was Cody. Like, I don't, I don't uh-huh. think that it was. <laughs> I don't think it came out of the blue from Obama. <laughs> um, <I laughs> Framebridge is the easiest way to custom frame your favorite art and photos without ever leaving your home because who wants to leave your home these days, right? Um, all the things that go bump in the night, scary. Um, you it, With the combination of the ring light and Framebridge, like you basically just never have to leave your home. Um, with the simple online ordering process, you can order a fully customized piece in minutes. Here's how it works. Go to framebridge.com, upload your photo from your computer or directly from your Instagram. Instagram feed, or if you have a physical item, they'll provide secure prepaid packaging so you can mail it for free. Hmm. Preview your photo online in any frame style, choose your favorite, or get free help from their talented designers. What are you guys getting framed? So here's the thing. I got John and Emily an engagement present, and hmm. they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was. Now, I made this. Actually, uh, uh, Ronan and I made this. It was a... Uh, Photoshop of Taylor Swift's and Barack Obama's faces put together. It's the most frightening thing it's called, you've ever that, seen. Obama. I will send it to you after because it was both interesting. I we made and great so color Emily, choices. Is, the reason they did this 
I'm obviously a huge fan of Barack Obama. Yeah, I never said something like that. And Emily <laughs> is a huge fan of Taylor Swift. And I thought that was a nice thing. You know, it's an engagement gift. They're coming together as a couple. Why don't I? Why don't we make something that combines Barack Obama and Taylor Swift together? I thought it captured something, you know, essential. And I put and we made it. We Ronan and I spent the day making it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it without Ronan's name twice. <laughs> and we spent the day photoshopping these things together. And then we chose the colors. And we didn't just make a thing. Like we made it like artistic and interesting looking. I had it printed. I sent it to their house. Two weeks later, I come back and it's behind a staircase. <laughs> yeah, I'm, but it wasn't we framed. Don't, we shouldn't spend too much time on this. But did you expect them to like it? Um, <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. That's a fair question. It's more like a troll kind of thing. I right? thought that they would think it was. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't it, feel like this is something you you did with thinking like they're gonna love this. It was something you know, like I thought they would think uh, it was funny, and then it would find like a uh, happy place in like a bathroom. <laughs> oh, but, but 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 I did not expect it to be that's behind a, behind a uh, behind a step stool in the laundry room. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, whenever I go over there, I take it out from behind there and put it next to Emily's bed. <laughs> anyway, it was unframed, and I think a frame might have solved the whole thing. Ryder, we're doing an ad. <laughs> yes. Frame it, it is. Frame Bridge is pretty great. I actually have used it. Um, I took a bunch of pictures on the campaign trail, um, and I have framed some of them for my in-laws, actually. The ones from, from the RNC that aren't overtly sarcastic photos, if a photo can be sarcastic. Um, and anyway, you will pay hundreds of dollars at a framing store. I know this is true. I recently had something not framed through FrameBridge and it is staggeringly expensive to get a decent piece of art to framed. Their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Plus my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com using the code FRIENDS. So FrameBridge even offers a happiness guarantee. If for any reason you aren't 100% satisfied with your order, they'll make it right. And again, um, I did some photos um, from Instagram from the rallies that I went to, um, and it made me nostalgic for a time that Trump was just a, not just running for president and not actually president. So that was a good thing about that experience. Oh, I wish I could frame that um, feeling, you know. <laughs> and I remembered actually also just how well it was. It was humbling too. I remembered how certain we all were that that was not going to be how things turned. We're not out. talking about um, this anymore. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. But the, the pictures were great and the frames are great. So that's good. And if you use the promo code FRIENDS um, at framebridge.com, you do get a additional 15% off framebridge.com promo code FRIENDS. One more question. You mentioned it yourself. You said you sometimes become dispirited. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? <laughs> so I drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, the so this friend of mine, you know, I guess a lot of uh, a lot of my friends do this thing, which is they give up alcohol in January to like January, January, January to get a like to give up, you know, to get rid of the weight they get in the uh, they got during the holidays, which I guess is a thing. But I just heard of it this year. And this like good friend of mine calls me and I was like and says she's doing this. And I was like, OK, I just got to be clear. There is no <laughs> there is no week. There is no month. There is no like three days in w- of the Trump presidency in which I'm giving up alcohol. <laughs> I just want to be crystal clear about that for everybody. But uh, seriously, um, do you know how hard it, I mean, I'm sober. Yeah. Do you know how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I mean, I'm, honestly, hats off is like a challenging time. Not going to lie. Like hard. Election night was tough. Yeah. I mean, and the day after days after I hear you. I mean, yeah. I, I really, I have, I have talked to people who are um, in the programs who have felt like this presidency has been like the biggest threat to their yeah. continued sobriety that they've experienced, and because it's ongoing, yeah. it's like it never ends. I mean, it's really like you have a, you're having like a totally reasonable day, and you're like wake up, and there's like six tr- Trump tweets that are like crazy, and they're not, they're and like, it, and it's more than just tweets. It's, it's seeing it. There's a part of like if you are, I don't want to get too much into this but like if you're a sober person or if you're a person who's in recovery mm-hmm. there's a large part of the reason why you're able to do what you do is because you believe that things are going to get better yeah like that is the entire yeah like that's the basis of the program yeah is that is you that is is trust and faith yeah that there is a plan and mm-hmm. things happen for a reason yeah and things are going to get better trump is a one-man wrecking ball of that situation yeah. although like my you know i live so just to say how yeah how, we all deal with this coping because like, i don't think I, it's just alcohol yeah. it can't be just alcohol i mean that's like but uh, my you know. coping mechanism but i like work i'm working to make it true is that 
You know, I think it's possible that Trump will actually be the force that builds a stronger, more robust uh, progressive majority in the country. Like, we've woken up, we've recognized the crazy, and people are going to engage in politics in a way that they haven't in the past. I mean, there are more, there's more political activism whether it's marches or town halls or calls to Congress. And I've, again, as I've, I've witnessed in my entire career, I showed up here in 1997. I haven't ever seen anything like this. This is dwarfs. This is much, much, much bigger than what happened during the Tea Party, like crazy of 2009 or 2010. And I was here for that. And so, you know, I mean, it is playing a long game here, but I believe that uh, it's, you know, we live, in, we live in swings of history and the reaction and recoiling to what Trump is doing to the country is going to grow. I mean, he's in, you said it, it's only been 200 days, but it's only been 200 days. And there's like a hard 55, 60% of the country who opposes what he does with like some regularity. And there's, only, there's originally no position he's taken that actually the majority of Americans agree with. And our job and, you know, I mean, it is energizing to me is to say, you know, how do we get those voices into the political process? How do we get the majority represented into, into the political process? And, you know, I don't I, I don't have to worry that, like, I'm on the wrong side of history. And that is it for the show. Thank you to everyone that lasted this long. As usual, I would encourage you to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. If you want to respond to something that Neera said or I said, she is on Twitter at Neera Tanden. That's at N-E-E-R-A-T-A-N-D-E-N. And of course, the show is at Cricket underscore Friends. Also, I am at Anna Marie Cox. You can email the show at withfriendslikepod at gmail. And I think we're going to wrap it up just real short this week. I did all my administrative uh, duties at the top of the show, and it's a short week, so I'll keep this short too. Please go enjoy your freedom while we still have it. See you next week. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 